credit where credit is due. You have to. You have to give credit where credit is due. Let me tell you, let me tell you guys something. This Denver team, I have nothing but respect for them. They came out there. They competed. They were resilient. They battled. They gave it all they had, literally. Gave it all they had, literally, until there was nothing left. And this is another one of those teams that I will put into the category of teams that I feel have overachieved this year in the playoffs. This is 94 Feet. B.O.D. to here with you guys. As always, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I mean, this this Denver team, um, you know, they've had a great playoff run. Uh, you know, the odds were stacked against them from the beginning. You know, people doubting whether or not they're going to be able to come back and, and defeat Utah. They did that. They defeated the Clippers, which was even bigger. Uh, obviously, the, the, the odds were stacked even higher just with all the expectations that we have for the Clippers to be in the Western Conference Finals this year. That didn't happen, and they overcame that. I mean, so like I said, you have to give it up to them. You got to give it up to them. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a couple different guys on the team. Jamal Murray, you know, at point T showed us that he knew how to elevate his game to another level. He took a step forward, in my opinion. Um, you know, with, with his game overall, he showed the ability to take over, give his team the extra push. I'm looking at Jokic, another great player, you know, a talented center, man, a talented center. He had the ability to, fil- to facilitate the offense. He showed the ability to shoot the three ball. He can play in the post. He can create for others. I mean, like I said, this team is really talented. I mean, and when you look at some of their younger pieces in Bowl Bowl, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Monte Morris played well. Jeremy Grant was a great pickup for them in the offseason. I mean, they showed a lot of promise. I believe Paul Millsap uh, is a free agent this summer, so we'll see what they decide to do there. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm very excited for this for this team. I mean, the scoring last night wasn't too bad. It was pretty balanced uh, amongst overall. Uh, Grant finished with 20 points and nine rebounds. Paul Millsap had 13. Jokic had 20. Jamal Murray had 19. Monte Morris with 10. Michael Porter Jr. with 10. Like I said, it was pretty pretty well balanced. Um, I think when I look at Michael Porter Jr., um, he's definitely going to have to get in a position where I think the next step for him is getting more comfortable handling the ball. Uh, we already know he can shoot the lights out. He showed the ability to do that this year. Uh, this is more like his rookie season because he sat out all last year um, due to, I believe it was a back injury that he was dealing with. Um, so I would like to be able to see him, like I said, get more comfortable, get a little bit tougher. Um, work on his defense. Um, we saw points where he was able to go and defend well. I saw him get a nice block on LeBron last night. Uh, so I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of promise for this team uh, overall, you know. And I'm excited to see where they're gonna go. Uh, Jokic did get into some foul trouble earlier in the game last night, so that did hurt him a little bit in terms of his production and the minutes he could play in that first half and just trying to keep things uh, in line. Uh, Denver too. I think Denver they. You know, they ran up against a team that that pretty much could match them. You know, when we talk about the height, uh, you know, I mentioned before that I felt the Clippers, you know, one of their biggest um, area, like one of their struggles, the areas of struggle is just the fact that they don't really have the size to compete with some of those bigger teams. When you look at L.A., when you look at Denver, um, you know, so I, I think Denver finally ran up, ran up against a team that could actually match them. Uh, I think Dwight Howard, you got to you have to give credit to Dwight Howard and his production that he came in there with in game four. He pretty much kept the team in the second half. Uh, he's kept the, t- kept the team in it during the first half because with all his second chance points that he was getting. I mean, so you, you got to give credit to him. He actually finished with a double-double. Uh, great game. Really great game. I mean, yesterday, like I said, it's just the fact that this Denver's team, they just ran up against a great team. They ran up against people who were just talented. You know, we, we know what LeBron is. We know what AD is and what they're going to bring to the table. Uh, and I think, you know, they had those third and fourth scorers who stepped up and were able to bring production for them. 
uh, in the long run. We saw Rondo and Kuzma do it for them in game four. Last night, uh, I believe it was also, last night it was a little bit more balanced. We had Caruso that had 11, Kuzma had eight, Rondo had eight. Um, but we also saw Kyle Pope step up uh, in game four as well. He gave him, I think, about 13 points. It was great. LeBron last night finished with a triple-double with 38 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. Anthony Davis had 27. You know, what more can you ask for? You know, shout out to Dwight Howard, who actually got the bump to start the last two games just because he was able to come in there and show his ability to defend Jokic and keep him in control. So, I mean, like I said, you you know, this, this Denver, great team. They just ran up against a team, like I said, that, that was just a little bit stronger. A little more talented um, and a little bit more experienced, I would definitely say, as well, when you take into um, just all the uh, playoff runs amongst Rondo, LeBron, you know, AD. These are guys that have been there before, along with the supporting cast. Um, so these are the things that will get you through. For me, I think the ceiling is very high for Denver next year. You know, as I walk out of there with my head held high, man, I walk out of there with my head held high. I think the TNT crew was referring to them as the comeback kids. Perfect, perfect name for them, for that whole team especially when you look at everything that they did this year in the playoffs. So we have the Celtics and the Heat game tonight at 7.30. That should be a good one. I'm excited to see what they're going to do there. The Celtics, they came out firing in the second half on Friday night. I mean, we saw a completely different side of the Celtics that we probably haven't seen in a while. At least I haven't. I feel like, you know, when I look at this Celtics team, um, the, the struggle that I've seen for them lately is just rhythm. Rhythm on the offensive end, rhythm on the defensive end. I don't see it at points I have and, and just at points it's just not there. And I think, you know, what especially when I look at the way they started out the playoffs. You know, they played Philadelphia in the first round, then they went into the second round against Toronto. I feel like when they when they played against Toronto is when you started to just see some of these issues where, like I said, where guys were missing their assignments defensively, you know, the shots are not really falling. I mean, just certain, you know, little small turnovers. We talked about Kemba Walker and him struggling really to get his ability to get his uh his offense going. All these different things have just kind of been compiled into them and not being able to develop uh, that rhythm needed uh, to carry forth. So I really would like to see them uh, pull through uh, def or offensively. I should say that when it comes to playing Miami Heat offensively and Miami Heat is in this zone. Let me tell you something, guys. When I was growing up in high school, I used to love playing. in the zone. I, lo I used to love when teams would play us in the zone. This is real easy. If Miami Heat is in a 2-3 zone. Boston goes into, if you want to call it more so like a 1-3-1 type of setup offensively. Let's say you got Kemba Walker at the top of the key with the ball, okay? On the side, on one wing, you put Jason Tatum. On the other wing, you put Gordon Haywood. At the foul line, you put Jalen Brown. That guy, whoever you put at the foul line, you want that to be somebody who's active. Somebody who can turn around, either score, either move the ball to the other wing, somebody who can put the ball on the floor. So I would either put, if I was uh, Brad Stevens, I would probably put Jalen Brown there, Jason Tatum, or Gordon Haywood. Any one of those guys. Um, I'm, I'm looking more so at Jalen Brown. I feel like that's perfect for Jalen Brown. And like I said, you put Jalen Brown at the foul line, Gordon Haywood on one wing, Jalen Brown on the other. And on the baseline, you put David, David Tice. And as you swing the ball, have David Tice go back and forth from each block. Same thing with Jalen Brown. You go to each side of the foul line, back and forth, back and forth. And you move the ball. You move the ball. If it's, if it's not there... If the opportunity to go to the basket or take the shot is not there, you move it. You find somebody to pass to at some point while you're moving the ball. At some point, that ball has to go inside the Jalen Brown. It has to. It has to. It has to. It has to. That is how you break down the zone. And I would love to see Boston put that in place. I haven't seen it yet. Um, you know, and I think, you know, that is part of their struggles is you're trying to dribble through a zone, which will, you only get but so far. Those guys are in there. They're ready to take charges. They defend well. They move their feet. But this is how you break down the zone. And I haven't, you know, I would love to be able to see 
uh, the Celtics, you know, be a little bit smarter about their offense when it comes to overcoming that zone. The third thing that's on my mind today that I want to talk about is Giannis winning the MVP. Okay. And I, first thing I'll say is let's remember that this is a regular season award. And this is a tough thing to remember sometimes. I'll be the first person to tell you, but it is a regular season award. Before I go any further, let's have a listen to what LeBron said the night that Giannis was crowned the MVP of this season. Pissed me off. My truly, that's my true answer. Um, it pissed me off because um, out of 101 votes, I got 16 first, first place votes. Um, that's what pissed me off more than anything. Um, you know, not saying that, um, you know, the, the winner wasn't deserving of the MVP. Um, but that pissed me off. Um, and I finished second a lot in my, in my career, um, either from a championship and now four times as an MVP. Um, you know, like I said, I never, I never came into this league saying, let me uh, be an MVP or, or you know, be a champion. I've always said, I just want to get better and better every single day. And uh, those things that take care of itself. Um, there's some things that's just out of my hand and some things you can't control. Um, but it pissed me off. Yeah, and he said it. He said he was pissed off. You know, and I think the other thing that LeBron didn't say, but I'll go ahead and say it. I think the other reason why he was pissed off is because LeBron knows how hard he worked this year. He knows. <laughs> you know, and there, there, were, there are many different ways of looking at this. Let's have a quick look at the numbers. So Giannis... Average 29 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block, and he averaged four turnovers a game at max. LeBron, 25 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists, one steal, one block. He averaged less than four turnovers a game. So, I mean, the numbers are about the same. I mean, there's a little bit of difference there in the points and in assists, which is understand understandable. Giannis is looking more to the score. LeBron is more so in a position where he looks to facilitate, you know, for his team. So, I mean, those that's understandable. But, I mean, for the most part, I would have given this award to LeBron, if you ask me. I just think at 35 years of age, LeBron's in great shape. I think all season long, this man was encouraged to go forth and sit out games to help preserve and take care of himself, you know, and keep himself ready for the playoffs. And we heard what LeBron said. Listen, I ain't sitting out no games, man. I'm not sitting out any games. If I'm healthy, I'm playing. That's pretty much what he said. I'm summarizing it. But he went out there and he did what he was supposed to do. You know, he locked in the first seat in the West. During the regular season, he stepped up. He had shown the ability to close out games himself or make plays for others. You know, and ultimately, like, ultimately, I got to be honest, you know, yes, it's a regular season award. But I will say for me, it leaves a funny taste in your mouth when we're giving out this award and the MVP is sitting in Greece right now. Giannis Antetokounmpo is sitting in Greece. This season's already over. It's already ended. It's already ended. But LeBron is going into his 10th finals appearance. So, I mean, again, I, I really I really do wish <laughs> there's a part of me that wishes the NBA would, you know, maybe change the format for this award or maybe at least give it out sooner before we see any playoff action or something of that nature. I mean, you know, it just leaves a funny taste in your mouth. I know I can't be the only one. I'm just saying. All right. So my first point for crunch time today, I'm looking at the Philadelphia 76ers who have expressed interest and bringing in the Houston Rockets former coach, Mike D'Antoni, with the possibility of also luring James Harden, trying to attract James Harden to come there as well. And I would just say I am not in favor of this at all. Not at all. I think, you know, when you look at Mike D'Antoni, I don't have anything against the guy. I'm just looking at him as a coach. 
Mike D'Antoni has proven time and time over and over and over and over again that his style of basketball, his style of coaching is not bringing in championships, nor is it winning games. <laughs> and I'm actually thinking about Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant actually alluded to this one year. And he mentioned, you know, that whole pick and roll, you know, isolation, you know, you might get away with a player too, but he said it just doesn't win championships. And I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I don't understand why Philadelphia wants to bring him in. I think Mike is a smart guy. Mike knows if he comes here, um, he's going to have to, you know, kind of do his homework and figure out with the current pieces that we have in Philadelphia, how are we going to make that work? Obviously, I think he knows that. So, I mean, you know, I, I just... I'm not in favor of this at all. I really am. I really am not. You know, I would like to see a new face in there. Um, maybe another another younger guy. Maybe somebody we haven't seen before to just see what, you know, what they can bring to the table. I don't know if Mike D'Antoni's the answer. Not in favor of that. Also, I mean, to get James Harden here, they would have to trade somebody. I believe he still has like another year or two in his contracts. So, I mean, you talk about that too. Uh, again, with the current pieces that are in line, you know, what does that look like? Obviously, there's a financial end to it. I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. Number two, Kevin Durant was on Joe Budden's podcast during this week, and he mentioned that he couldn't be mad at Houston Rockets forward Daniel House for having a representative from the COVID-19 testing team in his room, which allegedly got him kicked out of the bubble. Kevin Durant, I'm not in agreement with you at all. I'm sorry. Again, I'm still standing by what I said before. Daniel House, the NBA came to you before this whole bubble thing started, and they asked you, hey, is this a commitment that you can make? These are the guidelines. This is what we're asking you guys to do. And you agreed to it. And I think like anything else, when you make a commitment to your job, the expectation of your employer is that you're going to comply with the rules and the guidelines that have been put out for you. You're not going to come out there and do what you want to do. That's part of your job. And now I understand this is a unique situation. I know in some ways for the NBA players, I think we heard Jalen Brown talk about this when he talked about wishing that he could have, this is before they started letting family members come in, but he talked about, it's almost like you're still at work even when you're not working, you know, being in this whole bubble thing. And I understand that. These are unique situations. These are unique times. But again, you made a decision, Daniel House, that I'm going to come here and play and I'm going to comply with the rules that you have set in place. Again, you know how hard the NBA has worked to set up these guidelines to keep people healthy, to keep people protected, and you need to comply because that was the decision you made when you told your employer, I am coming to work. That's the way I see it. So, sorry, Kevin. I'm not in agreement. You got to learn self-control. Like anything else, we all have to carry ourselves out with integrity and character when we go to work. That's the way I see it. Number three, Billy Donovan was hired this week as the new head coach of the Chicago Bulls. <sighs> Billy Donovan. So, let's look at his record. All right? In the last five years, Billy Donovan. The first year he came in, he came into a situation where it was like a win-now kind of thing. They brought him in also to help with the hope and the intention that maybe this would make Kevin Durant want to stay in OKC. Ultimately, he went and left and went to the Warriors. but So that didn't work out. So 16, they lost to the Warriors. That was a 3-1 lead that they had. They lost to the Warriors that year. 17, they lost first round. 18, they lost first round. 18 was also the year that they brought in Carmelo Anthony along with Paul George. They lost first round to the rookie Donovan Mitchell himself and rookie Rubio, who went out there and put on a show. Yes, Donovan Mitchell and rookie Ricky Rubio is what I just said. 19, they lost to Dame Lillard. We know that one where Damian Lillard hit that deep shot on Paul George and waved him off, essentially ended the series. They went on 20 this year with a completely new identity. Russ is not there anymore. Paul George is not there. They bring in Chris Paul. Shea Gildas Alexander is there. Completely different identity. They lose first round. So, I mean, Billy Donovan, this is not a bad pickup. But again, I guess in some ways, if I'm a team like Chicago, 
I would like to see a new face in there. Maybe somebody we haven't seen before. Somebody who's going to be able to bring. Uh, when I say somebody we haven't seen before, somebody like a new coach is what I'm trying to say. A completely new face, maybe that hasn't gotten an opportunity. Again, just to bring a different taste, a different flavor. I mean, the Chicago team pretty much hasn't done much. Oh, man. I, I, I can't even remember the last time Chicago Bulls were even in the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, it, it's not a bad pickup, but I, I would have liked to have seen a new face in there. Okay, for today's line, I want to talk to you guys about something called choosing work over luxury. And I know you hear me say that. You said choose work over luxury. Why? I know you're already wondering. So let me tell you, what are the benefits of choosing work over luxury? Let me tell you. I got two points I want to hit on. Number one, it will keep you from laziness. Yes, choosing work over luxury will keep you from laziness. Laziness is like a black hole. And once you get in laziness, it's hard to accomplish anything once you're caught up in that. All right. Example for you. So I mentioned black hole. I'm going to give you guys this example. There was this guy I used to play basketball with. His name was Chris. And I remember one of the things my, my coach used to say about Chris when we were growing up. He used to say, Chris is like a black hole. And the reason why he would say that, because pretty much if Chris ever caught the ball, if you ever pass it to him, don't even think about the fact that he might pass it back to you. Because Chris, anything that goes in, it's not coming out. If Chris gets the ball, he's either going to shoot it or he's going to the basket for a layup. That was Chris. He's like a black hole. That's what he used to call him. You know, and that's kind of like what laziness is. Once you get caught up in it, it's really hard to get out. You know, so you want to be careful with that. Choosing work over luxury will keep you from laziness. Number two, and this is probably even a more important point, your legacy, your reputation is on the line. That's, this, is, this is number two for you guys. Every day, we wake up with the opportunity, what? To write another page, another chapter in our books of life. Every day we are working on our reputation, we are building our legacies. You know, and you have to start asking yourself the kinds of questions. How do I want to be remembered? What kinds of things do I want people to say about me when I'm not here anymore, when I passed away or people speaking at my funeral? What kind of things do I want people to say about me? You know, and this idea of writing our, of writing our, our, repu our legacies and building our reputations, the ball's in our court. Each and every day that you wake up, the ball is in your court. You know, let's, let's look at some of the guys we talked about. Uh, that, that have passed away, the guys that are in the NBA family, you know, that we've seen leave us this year, Kobe Bryant, Jerry Sloan, John Thompson, David Stern, Cliff Robinson, even Chadwick Bozeman, you know, who I had mentioned a couple, a couple weeks ago. Chadwick Bozeman, he's another one who's not a part of the basketball family, but another guy, you know, and why do we speak about these guys? What kinds of things do we talk about? We speak about their hard work. We talk about their successes in their profession. We remember them for the sacrifices that they made. And these are the things, guys, that last, that carry on, that have power. Their reputation, their legacy is what we remember. You know, so this is the benefit of choosing luxury, excuse me, choosing work over luxury. And I'm getting today's line from, guys, this comes from Proverbs 22.1. It says, choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver and gold. Or another way of saying it is, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. So that's what I got for you guys today. As always, I want to thank each and every single one of you for tuning in to another episode. Guys, remember we got Celtics and Heat tonight at 7.30. Tune in. It should be a great game. I hope each and every one of you guys has a great week. I'll talk to you soon.